Thank you for joining us for the U-City Sermon of the Week. We invite you to partner with us through giving at ucitychurch.com slash give. We also invite you to like our Facebook page, our Instagram page, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for updates, as well as our weekly live stream services on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. All right, so my name is Mark Eisenhower, and uh, I'm excited to be with you this morning. We're going to continue in our series, Name Above All Names. Uh, and before we do, though, just kind of a little story to kind of get our minds thinking about the passage a little bit, all right? So uh, as a kid... I had a lot of irrational fears, right? And I say as a kid, as an adult, I have a lot of rational fears too, but, but even as a kid, like one of the things that, I know it sounds silly, but what I was kind of afraid of was getting shot by spitballs. You know what spitballs are? Right, where you kind of tear a piece of paper off, right? You chew it up a little bit, then you kind of shoot it through a straw at somebody. And I know it sounds weird, but, but I was on the school bus when I was like a first or second grade. And there was this kid sitting near me, and this kid just got bombarded with spitballs, and like unknowingly, right? And so you had these older kids in the back who were just like peppering this kid's hair and jacket with like 10, 15 different spitballs, and the kid had no idea. And so, so everyone's like laughing at him and making fun of him and stuff like that. And I, I felt bad for him. But I was also in the first grade, so I'm thinking, man, I hope this doesn't happen to me. Is this like a thing that all first graders have to go through when they start school, right? And so, so I was worried these older kids would, would just get me. And so, so literally at the school bus, like every morning, I'd have these knots in my stomach, like worrying about that, being that kid, being that spitball kid for that day, right? It's like, today going to be the day? So I just imagined that those kids in the back had like these, these boxes of straws and like reams of paper, just like waiting to get me. And so I worried so much. I hated to ride the school bus those first couple of years, but then guess how, how many, how many spitballs I actually got hit with? Like zero, right? And so, so I actually almost developed like this stomach ulcer at the age of seven because I was worrying so much. And I, I, I worried for nothing. Now, I know it's kind of a silly story, but, but listen, even as adults, we do this, right? Like we worry, get ourselves so worked up about the potential for something to happen to us, and then it doesn't. Or we worry about maybe going without something that we think we need, but then maybe God provides it. Or you just realize you don't need it that bad in the first place. And see, whatever it is, we are good at worrying, right? We worry about all, all kinds of different things to all kinds of different extents. And see, our very frenetic, our very worrisome culture doesn't really help things, right? It just kind of adds to our worry. But see, worrying is the antithesis of trusting God. And in fact, we become so preoccupied, so distressed about the hypothetical, like what could happen, what could not happen in the future, that we become overwhelmed with fear instead of emboldened with faith. And so we end up, end up trusting more in the uncertain promises of the future than the certain promises of God. And so, so, so there's a correlation between us trusting in God and actually worrying, right? Because you tell me where you tend to worry the most in your life, and I'll tell you probably where you tend to trust God the least. And so maybe that's health, relationships family, jobs, finances, the unexpected things of this life, things like death, or even the basic needs you have. But see, one thing we read in scripture is that God tells us no matter what it is, you don't need to be worried. And so actually we'll look today in the gospel of Matthew why we don't need to worry as we continue in this series. Before, first let's just pray and ask the Lord to, to lead us and guide us this morning, all right? So Father, we come before you. I'm thankful for every person here, every person that's watching online, God, in our heart is to come to worship you this morning. We want to praise you. We want to sing to you. We want to hear from you in your word today, God. So as we open up our Bibles, we pray that you would speak, speak to our hearts, speak to our mind by the power of your spirit. God, help us. Help us to be those people who can stand on your promises and that childlike faith to trust you no matter what this life comes our way. Whatever that looks like, God, help us just to hear from you. So challenge us this morning. Convict us if we need convicting and encourage our hearts to help to see you in a clear light, Lord. We need you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 
All right, so if you have your Bibles, please open them up to Matthew 6, verse 25. Matthew 6, verse 25. And a very familiar passage to some of us, right? And so, so I want to give us a little context as we, before we begin reading, all right? So um, before this, you know, Jesus is still in the Sermon on the Mount, all right? And so he's actually telling the people, he's, he's listening to them, that it's actually better for them to actually store up treasure in heaven, to live for eternity, than actually accumulate wealth on earth. And so he actually goes so far as to say that you can't live for both God and money. Right, you got, you got to choose one because you'll end up actually serving one more than the other. And so, so just kind of this, this, this passage is kind of a continuation from that section. So the immediate context will be kind of the enslavement to the pursuit of, of wealth, enslavement to the pursuit of possessions, enslavement to the worries of this world. However, there are, are principles about worry that we can and we should apply to all the other areas of our life. And so we'll do that about today too, okay? So if you think about this, the disciples, once they follow Jesus, they kind of lived on the edge when it came to a lot of different things, like, like food and clothing and, and shelter, right? Because, I mean, they, they followed him around everywhere. They kind of lived out of their suitcase. They left their normal jobs to follow him. And so, so a lot of times they didn't know, like, when or where their next meals would be coming from. They didn't know how long their, their savings and their money would last. And they didn't know how long it would take for them to kind of update their, their raggedy travel clothes, right? And so a lot, a lot of them, it was easy for them to, to worry about their even most basic needs. And see, Jesus knew that. And see, Jesus knew that if they worried about those things too much, it would help them become less and less effective for his kingdom. They'd lose sight of what mattered most. And so we're no different, right? Because we become so neurotic about, about food or the latest fashions or even keeping up with the Joneses or Kardashians or whoever you keep up with, right? We, we can be, become so lost in keeping up with the, 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 the comforts and the pleasures and the status of this life that we too can lose sight of being discipled by Jesus, but also making disciples of others. And so worry, no matter what the object of worry is, can begin to undo the life of the disciple. All right, so with that in mind, I'll begin to read in verse 25 here. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They now toil and no spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. All right, so at the beginning of that verse, Jesus starts off with command, right? And he says, do not be anxious about your life, right? So we'll stop right there because... He is not talking about any type of like clinical anxiety disorders or, or we know that anxiety, right? Fear for future pain can be caused by trauma or like just different biology. He's not talking about that, right? He's talking about the everyday worries of your life, the, the anxieties of the, the situations you find yourself in, the circumstances, the, the cares of this world, right? So, so he, he gives a command. He says, don't, don't, don't worry about these things, right? 